Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. I want you to join with me in prayer. As we pray, are, are you willing? Are you willing to open your your heart, your spirit to receive the word from the Lord? Anybody? Let's tell Him that, Father. We praise you. In you, we have life. Right now, as we step up to your word to receive your word, may the seed of your word come into our life. Our hearts are open and receptive. Our minds are attentive and awake, and we receive your word, the incorruptible word of God today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what a day. Wow. I was really surprised when I got up here because it sounds like there's 400 people in this room. Um, you, you all are saying, well done, choir. Well done. Well done. Think I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to conclude the series today. You already have it. Not because we've exhausted it. Because, like I mentioned last week, you could talk about it for on and on and on and on. All, everything that he has given us um, already. Everything that we already have to live this life now and forevermore. But uh, that would end up being a, like a 10-year series or 20, and so we're not going to go that route. But I, I'm going to conclude on, on this message today. And to be honest with you, uh, when, when I really sensed the Holy Spirit just leading me on this, and in my little conversation with the Lord about it, it was like, Lord, I've talked about this so much. And um, they're going to they're gonna get tired of hearing it. And, and, and he said, just because you've talked about it doesn't mean they're, they're get, they've got it yet. And I thought, yeah, okay. Uh, how many of you remember raising children? <laughs> just because you talked about something didn't mean that they necessarily had gotten it yet. Hello, mama and daddies. So... Um, so we're going to talk about this today, and, and one reason it, it fits so well into this subject, and religion doesn't really let us wrap our hands around this, our minds around this truth. And, and the truth is, and it's going to seem so simple up front, but the truth is, we already have the righteous, righteousness of Christ in us. We are already righteous if... You've been born again. Every born again believer has already been made righteous. And the problem is religion keeps us pushing toward trying to be acceptable to God, right before God, righteous before God. And the fact is, if, if we are pushing for that in, in, in the area of performance, we'll never get there. And you'll never enjoy the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. You'll never enjoy the fullness of his love, his joy. You'll never be able to walk in the fullness of faith until you come to the point to realize that. It, it, it's, 
It is one of the most important things, I think, after you have become born again, it's one of the most important truths that, to, that you need to adopt and download and get inside of you. It, once you get, get revelation of this, it will immediately give you power over the enemy that you did not have before. It will immediately put you in a place of victory over the enemy that you cannot have on a consistent basis without knowing this truth and accepting it and embracing it and, and putting, putting it inside of you. Look with me in, uh, let, let's, let's, I want to read a passage of scripture in Galatians chapter 2. We're going to look at a whole bunch. We're going to look at several of these. I'm going to read them probably today. I'm not going to have a lot of time to just for you to find them all so you can just write down what I'm going to be talking about. But I want us to springboard off from here. In, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Interesting terminology. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I have, or I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If righteousness could be gained by the law or any other way, then Jesus' death was for nothing. And how many of you know that Jesus' death, death wasn't for nothing? You already have the righteousness of the Lord. Let me, let me kind of put it like this. Sometimes, it's, sometimes we are so attached or so aware of this physical world that we, that we fail to go to this deeper level of understanding. For instance, if you were, if I were to hand every single person in here a, um, a mirror and, and told you to hold that mirror up to your face, and I would say, how many of you need a nose? And most of you here would say, most of you here would say, uh, everybody in here would say, um, I already have one. If you had an, now listen, it doesn't matter whether you like the one you got or not. You already have a nose. How many of you agree with that? You already have a nose. Um, and if I were to say, oh, how many of you need a mouth? I already have one. You know you already have it. Why? You're looking in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, that mirror tells you what you have. And then you choose to believe it or not. But not very many of you would look in the mirror and say, I need a nose. I don't have one. All the rest of us see your nose. And we're trying to tell you you have a nose. And you're going through life depressed and discouraged because you don't have a nose. But you have a nose. It's right there on your face. You can't look at people. You can't face people. You can't go out into public. Why? Because you think you need a nose. You think you don't have a nose. But you have a nose. And when you come to realize that you have a nose, it can be life-changing for you if you've lived your entire life thinking you have no nose. Am I right about that? And yet, some of you live your life 
always trying to get righteousness and hope that you get righteousness and hope that somehow you'll find righteousness when if you will look into the mirror of the Word of God, the mirror of the Word of God tells you that you already have it. You've just got to believe what the mirror's telling you. Does that make sense? You look in there and you see a nose. Believe it. It's there. If you look in a physical mirror, believe it. Why is it that we are so readily acceptable to the physical things, yet we're, we're so slow to embrace the spiritual things? When the spirit world is just as real as the physical world. Does that make sense? And so when we, when we get to this place where, okay, I'm going to open myself, I'm going to open my heart, I'm going to open my mind, I'm going to see, I'm going to look into the spirit world, we as God's people, Paul said in, in, in uh, Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by what? We walk by faith and not by what? Okay, now that's what he says, but how many of us would say, well, I mean, I can say that, but it's not true because I really walk much more by sight than I do faith. And so what we're going to do is learn that to embrace the truths of Scripture. The life-changing truths of Scripture requires faith. You have to believe you're righteous by faith. And if you don't know that, here's problems. And here's one of the reasons I, I, I feel so strongly about this. Your confidence in your right standing with God has to lie somewhere. Your confidence in your right standing before God has to lie somewhere. Your confidence in being righteous has to lie somewhere. It's either going to lie on Jesus, you're going to lay it on Him and say, I trust, or you're going to put that on yourself. And if you put that on yourself, here's the problems. The first thing, if you take it on and you say, well, my confidence in being right with God is, is, is on me, and it depends upon whether I feel like I'm being righteous or not. And if I feel like I'm righteous and I feel like I've done enough good things and I've done enough to where I believe God's accepting me and I believe I'm right before God because I've done enough, then you're going to be in trouble. Most of the time, that comes by comparison. Most of the time we, to come up to that, to come to that conclusion, it is because we have compared ourselves with someone else that we feel like is less righteous than we are. For me to feel righteous, if I'm going to take it on myself, Jeremy, I've got to find somebody that's living what I consider as less righteous than me. Because I have to be able to feel like that I'm doing enough. Now, if I look at somebody who I think is living more righteous than me, then I, you know, okay, I'm not even going to fool with them. But I'm going to find somebody who is living less righteous, in my eyes, less righteous than me. And if I can find that person by comparison, I have just put myself in a place where I feel pretty good about my ability to be where I am acceptable to the Lord. So now I'm right with God because I'm doing enough right things. I'm right with God because my church attendance is yes, pretty good. I'm right with God because I'm loving people. I'm right with God because I'm giving. I'm right with God for, for what I've read my Bible five times this week. I'm right with God. 
And I'm doing okay with that until I find somebody that's read the Bible seven times, and it's like, okay, but yeah, I believe God grades on the curve, and so I believe he's given me a little bit of, give me just a little bit of room. I think really once a week, to be honest with you, would be enough to be righteous. So what, you know, I don't even have to read the Bible if the, if the pastor reads it to me on Sunday. That should be enough. So what are we doing? Then we begin to create our own grading system on what is righteous and what is not righteous. Is this making sense? So now I'm on my grading system. I'm starting to feel pretty good about myself. I'm starting to feel, I'm talking about if your confidence in your right standing with God and your righteousness lies within yourself. That's where we're at, right? I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. I've, you know, I, I haven't done any big sins in a while. Um, haven't, I mean, I hadn't lied too much. I mean, I may have told the boss I was sick when I really wasn't, didn't go into work. But everybody does that. That's a freebie, right? Well, no, that's a freebie. I mean, I may have told my wife that I was stuck in traffic when I was really at my buddy's house watching the football, but that's just a little lie. That's a freebie. Anybody with me so far? Here's the problem. When I take that up on myself and I start to feel pretty good about me and that I'm performing enough, I begin to judge you. Now I put myself in a place where I can judge those who are not performing to where I'm performing. Does that make sense? Do you see when, and, and, I, and I didn't use this word on purpose because this, when I use this word, you're all going to say, whoa, no way, not me. But the word really comes down to self-righteousness. See, self-righteousness, we all, I, I'm not self-righteous. Well, but who are you dependent on to make you every day, every minute, 24-7, who are you dependent on? Where's your confidence in the fact that you are right with God? And if it's on you and your performance, you're in trouble. Here's one of the worst things I think about depending on yourself. It is not only do we, can we get very impatient with other people. You know, you can take 20 years to hit a place of maturity. But once you hit it, you expect everybody else to get there in 20 days. Anybody with me? You see our thought pattern? And, the only, and, and what, what allows that? Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness allows me to look at you and judge you because you committed a sin that I haven't committed. Self-righteousness gives me the opportunity to look at you and say, I'm right with God because I haven't done dot, dot, dot. I'm maybe even more right because I haven't done this, 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 and this. And in reality, this, 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 this it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with your righteousness or your right standing with God. I'm going to read a few, few more passages in a minute because here's what I want you to do. I, I am going to encourage you to, I'm going to encourage you to push against religious thought 
that puts us all on a journey of trying to appease God and trying to be good enough to where he will accept us and he will open arms to us. I'm, I want us to push against that conventional wisdom and look into the word of God, the truth of scripture, and say, God, I want to hear from you. Because here's the thing. Let me throw this in, then I'm going to get to another, another side of this. Here's what I've discovered over the years, and this is with a lot of things, but this one in particularly. I can teach on it and teach on it and teach on it and teach on it and teach on it, and I have. But a lot of times until we are in a place, uh, you know, if we're in a good season, good season in life, we tend to just not need it. I mean, if you've got all the food you need, Jeremy, in your house, and somebody starts talking to you about, well, I could, you know, if you'll come over, I'll give you this. You're kind of thinking, well, but I, I really don't need it. I've got all kinds of it. As long as everything is going good in your house, in your life, you don't need it. But when life falls apart, if you haven't already gotten this teaching, you're going to be in trouble. Because here's what I find out. The second person who tries to, to achieve righteousness and fails, and, and let me tell you, let me tell this other person I was talking about, the first one I was talking about who is feeling pretty good about themselves, that the saddest story about that person is they will mess up. And when they do, they will judge themselves so severely and so harshly that they may never come out of it because they have so long looked down at everybody else that was not keeping up with them and, and, and because they had begun to believe strongly in their own ability to maintain righteousness, when they crash, they crash hard. I have seen over the years, and it always comes up in times of tragedy and heartache, people who begin to get confused because they have trusted they, they have put their confidence in the wrong place in righteousness. And they, so they trusted in their selves. And, and if you trust in yourself, there are going to be times that you are going to feel. It becomes emotional. It becomes an emotional-led thing. You're going to feel like you're not keeping up. You're not doing enough. You're not acceptable. I don't feel like God loves me. I don't feel like he's accepting me. I don't feel like I'm right before God. Suddenly, you begin to roll off of emotion. And when you do that, the enemy is always there to give you all the emotion you want to keep you feeling like you're not. Does that make sense? I've sat down at times of funerals. One particular many, many years ago where a child died. And it was a tragic accident. And I remember sitting and the husband and the wife had uh, split up. And the wife was really angry with the husband because of a uh, situation of infidelity. And she's sitting there crying and she is now, she is, she hate, she's hating on God and she's hating on her husband because she said God did that to punish my husband. God took my child to punish my husband for his sin. And both of these people had been members of a church. And as far as I know, had been, had been believers. But the husband messed up. 
How many of you know husbands and wives mess up? It happens. A wrong view of righteousness will cause confusion and cause you to start laying blame somewhere. A wrong view of where your righteousness lies and the confidence, that it, of, the confidence of where your righteousness lies will cause you to start looking at God and saying, God won't heal me because of what I did a year ago. God won't, God won't answer my prayer because of what I did five years ago. God is punishing me. God is punishing me because of what I did. If we get that idea in our mind, the enemy then has a foothold where he can keep you captive and you will be a slave. You'll be a slave to him. You'll be a slave to whatever he wants to do in your life. The only way to break the power of that is come to the realization that all the punishment of your sin took place on Calvary. All of what, what did we just read there? Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine this. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he took your name. He hung there as you. When Jesus was on the cross, that was Randy on the cross. When you believe. When Jesus was on the cross, Mike was on the cross. He took your name. He took your sin and, the, and, and your name and all the sin that came with it so that when he finished the work, he could give you his name and all the righteousness that comes with it. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in who? The Son of God who loves, uh, loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For it's, if righteousness could have come or been gained through the law or any other way, Christ died for nothing. That scripture says that if my righteousness is in me, in what I can do, in my performance, in my keeping anything, in my keeping a law. If it is anywhere, Jesus went to the cross in vain. He went for nothing, and Jesus didn't go for nothing. For the Father to punish you for sin, he would have to look to Jesus and apologize for sending him to the cross. Are you hearing me? The punishment of sin was on the cross. Will, it, will the Father correct us, discipline and correct us when, as, a, as a, an earthly father would, an earthly child, out of love? Yes. Never punish. You, cannot, you can never say, and this is where confusion comes in when we get self-righteousness because we get a wrong view of God. You can never say of God, God is going to punish my sin. He did punish your sin, and he punished your sin in Jesus on the cross once and for all. Hebrews 10.10, 10, and by the, by the will, will the Father, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all. We've been made holy through the sacrifice of Jesus in his body once and for all. Do you know if you're here and you're an unbeliever, 
and, and you have never been born again, one of the saddest things in the world would be that you would die never having received what Jesus did for you. Because this righteousness comes by faith. This righteousness comes by faith. And all you have to do is put your faith in what Jesus Christ did. Listen, I'm going to read a few verses to you. And you all probably won't be able to keep up. But you may. Romans 4, 23 and 24. The words, it was credited, and he was talking about Abraham here, in Abraham's righteousness. He was, it was, righteousness was accredited to him because of faith. He says, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. Now, who's he going to credit righteousness to? For us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So he just said, when you believe, you get righteousness that you never had. It goes into your account. See, see, before you know Jesus, you got no righteousness. Before you come to know Jesus, you have no righteousness. All you have is sin. You say, bud, no, that can't be right. I mean, I know good people who are, um, I didn't say goodness. I didn't say that you can't do anything good. I'm saying you can't have any righteousness. You can't have a right standing with God. Does that make sense? And the beautiful thing is, he says, you can have that by faith. It's all been paid for. It's a done deal. All you have to do is receive that. Romans 5, 17, for if, uh, for if by the trespass of the one man, the one man is, is Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive, how do we receive by faith, those who will receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the what? And of the what? And of the, say that word again, and of the, it's a gift. Righteousness is a gift. You can't earn a gift. If you earn something, it's no longer a gift. If I come to you and say, oh, I have a birthday present for you and I'll give it to you if you'll come rake my yard. That's no longer a gift. That is payment for a deed done. But he says that the righteousness that we have is a gift. Is anybody getting this yet? Let me tell you why this is going to be important. Because when, when you start praying and, and the devil comes at you and says, nah, 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 you, there ain't no need for you to pray because you know what you thought yesterday. You know what you done two days ago. You remember what you said to so-and-so. You know what went through. You, you don't even need to pray because God won't even hear you. That's why you got to know this. That's why you got to have it inside of you. That's, I'm going to tell you, I can remember before this revelation, before I got this, I can remember how, how, how wishy-washy I could be at times because I would go in and if somebody come up and ask me, you know, I, I, I really need you to pray for healing for me. I'm so and so, something that's going on and I just really need God's healing. And, and so I'm sitting there. Well, those times when I had really been in the word and I'd really been praying and I'm, I was confident, man, I was confident. 
Yeah, I'll pray for you. Give me your lay hands on you. And... But then days where I had been beat up and I didn't feel spiritual and I had probably thought thoughts that I shouldn't have thunk, suddenly it's like, uh, yeah, I definitely will. I'll, I'll, I'll be praying for you. God bless you, brother. We'll really see you. What was the difference? The other time I said, yes, brother, let me pray for you. God, touch him and heal him. This time I'm saying, yeah, I'll pray for you. I, I will. Good to see you, man. I'll talk to you later. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Why? Because it was all hinging on me. When I felt righteous, I could pray for you. When I felt unrighteous, I couldn't pray for you. Where was, it? Where was my confidence? My confidence was in me. Our righteousness, we cannot carry that load. We can't. When you are born again, there is never a moment in your life that the Father looks at you and sees you as anything but righteous. He sees Jesus in you, man. Philippians 3, 8, 9. What is more, I consider, Paul said, everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Man, if that ever sinks in. Because the worth is in this relationship. It's in the beauty of knowing Jesus and walking with him. All of this stuff without relationship is just... Pfft. But when it comes in relationship, listen to what he said. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or performance... But that which is found, or that which is through what? Faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are immediately made righteous. You are as righteous as you will ever be. You will never be less righteous. You will never be more righteous. You are righteous. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a righteousness that we are made to be immediately that we will always be in standing before God, but he also wants us to be always being conformed to the image of Christ so that that righteousness that he put in begins to be worked out through our life. But that's not the righteousness that you depend on in, in your relationship with God. Does that make sense? 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us. Jesus hanging on the cross had never sinned, never. But God made him on that cross. When he took it on himself, he made him to be sin for me and for you. Listen to this, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 3, 22, the righteousness, this righteousness is given through faith. 
in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, all who believe. 1 Peter 2, 4, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Let me close with this and we're going to sing. Guys, this is so important that you get it now. I, I, I hear conversations within our church family of people who hear me say this stuff on and on and on, but suddenly they get into a, into a, a really tough time in life. And now I hear the words, sometimes I wonder if God's punishing me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I so want you to be free from that. I so, you want, to, I so want you to be able to walk with confidence to approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help in a time of need, realizing it is not on you or your performance, it's on what Jesus did for you. And if you have received that by faith, that is yours. I so want you to be free from the enemy's attempt or, or ability to entrap you, to keep you bound. If you get this truth, it will set you free. If you get this truth, it breaks the enemy's ability to get in your head and mess with you. How many of you had, how many of you have done something wrong and have the enemy to get in your head and for weeks and months he stayed in your head eating away? while you're trying to be good enough to get yourself back to this place where you feel like you're acceptable to God, where if you knew all along that you were forgiven already, you could pull yourself up by your bootstrap in that moment and say, listen, devil, I know what I did was wrong and I may have to deal with some earthly consequences because of people I hurt, but I will tell you this, I am right with my God and I will not keep bowing down to the things that you're bringing into my life. I am free. I am free. Let's just have a talk right now. I'm free. You can accuse me, devil, all you want, but I'm free because of Jesus. I am not confident in my righteousness because of me, because of my performance. I am confident because 2,000 years ago, Jesus took a beating, went to a cross, had a crown of thorns put on his head, bleeding, had his body ripped, the flesh ripped from his body as he was whipped, hanging on a cross all the time. My sin and your sin all attached to him on that cross taking something he did not deserve for people who deserved it and yet he said I love you and you can't get right with me unless I do this and I can't be in relationship with you unless I do this but if I do this and you'll receive it man we are good we're good we're good forever we're good. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good between us. So I'm doing this for you. And so I just say, devil, look at that. Yeah, I know what I did yesterday. I know what I said. I know what I thought. And I know you like reminding me of that stuff, devil, but let me remind you of something. 
Walk with me back here. Let me show you the cross. Now let me show you an empty tomb. Now let me show you where he gave me authority in his name over you. You like reminding me of stuff? I'm going to start reminding you of some stuff. He's going to quit visiting because he don't like those memories. Father, we praise you. Mm. We're righteous in you. We've been made right. Not in ourselves, but in you. We give you praise, Jesus. Let me do this and we're going to sing. If you're here today and you've never been born again, that's the starting place. That's the starting place. Would you right now just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know it. But I just heard that you paid the price for my sin. And I just heard that all I have to do is believe in you, put my faith in you, the one who paid the price for my sin. So Lord, today I come, I turn away from that and I turn to you and I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I am saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.